Welcome to Tech Talk Live, a resource produced by Vision Forward. Low vision and blindness technology, tips, tricks, and information presented in a way that makes sense. And now, here are your hosts, Corey and Luke. Hello and welcome to Tech Talk Live. Here are your hosts, Corey and Luke, except Corey isn't here today, so it's just your host, Luke, today, and I hope you are all having a wonderful day out there. And uh, welcome to the show. We are going to be talking about assistive technology this week, as we do every week, and I hope everybody is looking forward to the show today, because we are going to be talking about Iris Vision Inspire, which is a new wearable uh, electronic magnification device from Iris Vision. And in order to help us learn all about this excellent new device, we have the one and only Mr. Tom Persky. Uh, he is the Vice President of Consumer and Professional Outreach. I hope I got that right. Tom, would you like to say hello to everybody today? Hello, Luke, and thanks everyone for joining us today. We're looking forward to having uh, a good discussion. Yes, we are indeed. And uh, I would like to say at the outset here, because I'm trying to work all of the technology on my own, I need uh, people's help to let me know if there's any problems as we go along. So I'm hoping everybody heard Tom okay there. If uh, you didn't hear Tom when he was speaking, then please do put it in the chat and let me know. And I can see if I need to change a setting here. But hopefully everybody was able to hear him. And uh, at the top of the show here, we do like to uh, uh, have a little bit of fun, usually by telling some jokes and uh, such. So um, we are going to get onto that right now. And I know that I have a couple of jokes here. I know that Tom has a couple of jokes. And as always, we do invite people to um, put the jokes into the chat as well, if anybody has any jokes for us today. So I'm going to start off here. Uh, let's have a look. I have to look at my phone because sadly I have not memorized these. But uh, okay, joke number one. And this is we're going to put it out to everybody to see if anybody knows the answer. That's including you, Tom. If you know the answer to this joke, please feel free to speak up here. Joke number one: Where are average things manufactured? Let me say it again: Where are average things manufactured? They're not good. They're not bad. They're just kind of average. Anybody know? We'll wait, wait a second here. Tom, do you have any idea, any ideas where average things might be manufactured? You know, I really don't. That's, mm -hmm. yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. <laughs> don't have anybody in the chat with any answers at the moment. I'll give a second more here, just in case somebody's furiously typing the answer as we speak. Okay, so I don't think anybody knows. The answer is... In the satisfactory. Oh, the satisfactory. No. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah, that was a bad one. Yeah, it was a bad one. They normally are. Um, okay, wait, I have one more that's joke the, here. Right up your, that's right up your alley, though, Luke. It, it's pretty much our usual standard, if not better than our usual standard, right, to, to be right. quite frank. Yeah, yeah. Here is the next joke. What do you call a parade of rabbits hopping backwards? Parade of rabbits hopping backwards backwards anybody now do remember for this joke that rabbits they they can be called a different name as well they can be called by something else hmm, what could it be what could it be tom any ideas on this one well i'm thinking your clue uh, may lead to the word hair uh, okay i like it i like it parade yeah. of so what would what could you call a parade of hairs hopping backwards <laughs> Okay, okay, we're gonna go for it. 
a receding hairline. <laughs> hey, excellent. Tom, I know uh, you told me that you, you have uh, some Halloween jokes or a Halloween joke. Would you like to uh, regale us? Oh, well, I, I thought, you know, being close to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do uh, birds usually say on Halloween? Let's say on Halloween. Uh, oh, Trick or sweet. Ah! <laughs> I'll give you a good one there. <laughs> it was quite bad to be quite honest with you, but never mind. They usually are. But uh, the, any- uh, you know, the, the uh, unusual thing on Halloween is mm-hmm. for skeletons to go trick or treating. And I uh, wonder if you know why. Because um, they're dead? I <laughs> don't know. They have no but nobody to go with. Uh, I am hoping that's the last one because I feel like people have been tortured enough at this point. <laughs> I have a really good a good story that uh, that Corey is not here today, but we yes. have a, a a Halloween story. Corey and I actually, I, you probably don't know this, but he and I years ago decided we we might go trick or treating together. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and um, we were invited by a group of witches to go with them. As you do. As yeah, you do. yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, we thought, well, it might be kind of cool. And so um, at the very last minute, though, we, we backed out oh. because uh, we thought it would be kind of hard because we, we didn't know which witch was which. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So there's your combination Halloween and low vision joke. That was uh, that was that was quite impressive, Tom. I'm I'm very impressed by the standard of the jokes you brought here today, and I hope uh, I hope everybody else is as well. So we hope you jo- enjoyed our jokes, everybody. Uh, we didn't get any jokes in the chat today, which is a bit of a shame. We always do enjoy uh, enjoy jokes in the chat. Um, so if you do have any as we go along, please feel free to drop them in there. Now, Tom, you're in Arizona, and uh, you were just telling me it's a little bit chilly there this morning, but it's going to get warm later on. Um, so, uh, do you have any nice plans for this afternoon when it warms up a bit? So, uh, yeah, I moved to uh, Prescott, Arizona, which is mm-hmm. up in the mountains. So we're at high elevations and not in the desert any longer. So we're up in the pine trees. Actually, Excellent. the Prescott National Forest is um, right around us, over a million acres of pine trees. Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. It was 38 degrees this morning, and it'll be 72 later this afternoon, so I'll be out walking for sure. Yeah, that sounds really nice. Quite a difference in temperatures there. What kind of time does it get nice and warm there? Um, it, it will get up into the 90s, uh, but it's usually about like 20 degrees cooler than Phoenix. So okay. in the summertime, many, many people come to Prescott, uh, sort of a touristy town, you know, where they can get away from the heat. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Yes, I would like to get over there myself one day, but I haven't managed to, uh, to do so yet. But uh, yes, it sounds like a very nice place. And I know, Tom, that you're a keen electric uh, biker, but you did tell me that, uh, that you haven't been biking too much because the streets are a little bit narrow where you are. And just uh, for a bit of context as well, Tom, would you like to tell people about your, uh, your vision? Sure, sure, yeah. Um, I myself have a Stargard macular dystrophy. And I was diagnosed as a young man um, during my early college years mm-hmm. and um, lost central vision in both eyes. Uh, stopped driving. I was about 24. And then um, with the help of a CCTV reading machine, 
Uh, of course, technology back then was a little bit old. I tell people my, my machine was made out of stone back then. Yeah. <laughs> the stone age. Yeah. And uh, it helped me to get back to school and to uh, graduate school as a legally blind student. And I was fortunate then to um, begin to work with support groups for people with low vision. I started the first one in Chicago many years ago. And um, then was hired by the uh, Spectrios Institute for Low Vision in Wheaton, Illinois, mm -hmm. and have been in the field, um, as you know, for over 30 years yeah. as in low vision rehab. And our work together in uh, the Chicago Lighthouse mm -hmm. was uh, was lasting almost mine. I was there almost 10 years. And the last four years, I've had a, a great opportunity to work with a startup company, Iris Vision Global. They're um, located in Pleasanton, California, near uh, Silicon Valley there. And um, I was just the third employee hired. And wow. now I think we have over 50 employees. We've grown quite a bit in four years. And uh, it was started by uh, Dr. Frank Werblin, who was a UC Berkeley neuroscientist. Mm -hmm. He worked closely with Dr. Bob Massoff at Johns Hopkins to develop uh, this whole idea of using a virtual reality headset. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, our first product is, as you know, it's called Iris Vision Live. And um, we received funding from the National Eye Institute to build um, a software platform where we could use the camera uh, inside the headset to um, help with different eye conditions, central vision loss, peripheral vision loss, and many different, we call them modes, that can uh, be instituted into this uh, system. And it is connected uh, to the world by Wi-Fi and or now even cellular connection, uh, which has been a, a real breakthrough in helping uh, people to get the kinds of updates and new features that the product is it about three or four times a year, we would bring in uh, new features. Uh, we'd get lots of feedback from clinicians all over the world, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. We sold the product in over 20 countries around the world now. Wow. And, uh, and so that's been uh, really cool to see the thing grow and grow and yeah, and uh, let's uh, let's uh, actually step back and talk about that a second, Tom, because I do remember when Iris Vision first uh, came out, which um, yeah must have been I guess around four years ago. Then was it? Um, yeah, four yeah. Years. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I, as far as I am aware, Iris Vision was the first wearable device that uh, used a virtual reality platform, um, you know, to to create a low vision uh, device. Does that sound about right to you? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We use the Samsung uh, Gear VR, mm -hmm. and uh, with the smartphone at that time it was the S7. Right. And of right, course, right. we moved up to the eight and the nine and mm -hmm. the ten. Currently, you have the ten, and it's uh, still uh, our most popular product. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, we've been um, going worldwide with with the the approach. And so some of the good things uh, I think about it initially were that you could wear your glasses and you could just slide this right over uh, your glasses and mm -hmm. the shield around your face was uh, very comfortable. To, it wasn't resting on your nose or anything. And yes, uh, yes. very large um, 
display because if you imagine holding a smartphone several inches from your eyes and then in between your eyes and the screen are magnification lenses yes. which makes it look like a large television set right in front of you mm-hmm. and so persons like myself who have a large central blind spot uh, the screen um, is, has so much real estate on it that if I move my eye to get a better picture, we call it eccentric viewing, um, the display is so large that it really gives you uh, a huge field of view, plus it gives you the, the ability as you magnify um, to be able to see all the detail on the screen by moving, you know, moving your eye from one side to another. Yeah, yeah. Increasing, it goes up to 14 times magnification. And, and I, I remember, I remember when it first came out, Tom, and uh, uh, I was at the lighthouse at the time, uh, as you were, and right. um, I can remember when we first uh, got a hold of the device, and actually somebody from Germany um, had found out about it, and they they flew over to uh, Chicago in order to uh, to check it out because at the time there really wasn't anything you know like it. And um, this individual, you know, happens to like the device very much. And so they purchased one and uh, took it back to, to Germany with them. So that was really um, the start of me kind of seeing how um, devices like Iris Vision can uh, really benefit somebody, you know, uh, by improving their, their acuity. And um, since that time, Iris Vision has really, you know, done a good job of improving the number of features which are available uh, on the device. Um, so, you know, at first there were a handful of features and at this point there's really quite a lot of different things that you're able to do uh, with the Iris Vision Live device. Um, do you want to talk about some of the different types of modes that people would see with that with the Iris Vision Live? Sure, sure. We have, um, we call scene mode, which is your your full color uh, mode with as a, uh, over a 70 degree field of view. Mm-hmm. And then of course, as you magnify your, your field of view re- reduces. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the instant focus is really a great capability. So if you're looking up close to read or to write a check, and then you look out um, into your cabinet to find your soup, or you look across the room to uh, see the clock on the wall, and then look back to read, uh, it's almost instantly focuses at all these different distances. So that's one of the things that really, uh, in most low vision devices, as you know, you know, there's certain focal distances right. that, that um, allow you to do that. So um, Dr. Frank Werblin invented and patented a what we call a bubble view. Mm-hmm. And there's a large bubble on the screen, which can be made smaller, large. And the in- interesting thing about that is um, you're overcoming the, the capabilities of magnifying things without lo- without magnifying the entire screen. Right. So like if you're playing cards, I have the bubble, I can move the bubble over by my right eye and see the cards on the table. And then I can hold the cards in my hand in my left hand and with my left eye on the screen at the mm. same time, I'm mm-hmm. seeing here and intermediate distances. That's very like cool, yeah. Because the, the trouble when you, if you're doing a full screen zoom, the problem is that obviously the field of view is going to reduce. And so the amount that you're seeing on the screen there is going to become limited. And so with uh, with most other wearable devices, if you zoomed in on the cards on the table, then you wouldn't be able to see the cards in your hand at the same time because those are two different distances. Uh, but with that bubble mode, like you say, you can have that bubble 
things in the bubble are magnified, things out of it are not magnified. So it gives you those two different areas, like you said. Yeah, well, if I'm sitting in the living room, let's say looking at three family members on the couch or something, I can put the person who's talking, I can put their face in the bubble and see all their expressions across the room. Yeah. And then um, if someone else starts talking, I can see them in a normal 1x mode. Right, and right. So then I could turn that bubble and put it on their face when they're talking. And it's just, it's really great uh, to be able to do things like that. So they're not, they're not able to pull faces while they're talking to you anymore, then, Tom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Got to be careful, yeah. And that bubble, Tom, um, so you can adjust the size of that bubble, can't you, while you're uh, in that mode? Yes, you can make it almost like half the screen if you'd mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Or just uh, small things if you're looking at a pill bottle or something um, yeah. small. All like that. Are you able to adjust the position of it, Tom? I forget. The uh, position, yes. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. You can. Uh, we had one gentleman who loved watch baseball, and the sure. scoreboard was on the bottom right of the yeah. TV screen, right? And so he mm -hmm. put the bubble on the bottom right, and he was sitting a little bit closer, so he could see both the plays and you know read the scores and everything at the same time. Things Very like nice. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also the biop, we have a bioptic mode, which is also a similar idea where there's a rectangle instead of a round bubble. And that rectangle can be either at the top of the screen or the bottom of the screen. So that when you zoom in again, the whole screen doesn't zoom in, just the rectangular area. Yeah. And, um, and that, that can be helpful. And many people, um, these are more, I guess, intermediate skills that takes time, sure. you know, to begin to learn how to use this in everyday life, you know, mm -hmm. and um, one of the feedback we got very early on from some of the VA hospitals was this is getting kind of complicated for some of our veterans. Mm -hmm. So they suggested that um, we built we built our own um, app right inside the device mm -hmm. and we call it the Iris Vision Manager. And so um, you can disable or enable any of these modes so you can make the, the product very simple and customize it for each person. So if you only want three modes or you want all 13 modes, um, it's all there and it easily um, at least easily can be customized. Yeah, and I definitely do like that uh, fact because with all the different features, there is quite a lot to learn and not everybody is going to want to or need to engage with all, all of those features. Um, so it's definitely beneficial to be able to customize uh, the features to whatever you need. Uh, for example, Tom, there are two modes in there, which I'm not sure that I've ever had anybody use. And those are the bright green and the bright yellow modes, which, uh, <laughs> which turn everything bright green and bright yellow. Now, I know that those are designed for, uh, for reading. And you do have high contrast black on white and white on black as well. And uh, I guess some people do uh, get on with the green and yellow. Otherwise, you wouldn't use but it. Here's, here's a little tip that uh, I've learned with uh, okay. reading. Yellow, especially, of course, yellow is the color that sort of hits the retina most evenly and provides a lot of contrast. Yeah, yeah. The, the intensity of the yellow is just too much. Uh -huh. And uh, so I turned the brightness all the way down from mm. level three or four. Okay. And it, it still looks kind of yellowish, but more like a beige color. And it's very soothing. And if I'm going to read for a long period of time, um, I go to that mode and turn the brightness way down. And one of the neat things about it now, too, is that as you change the brightness in, in one mode, it doesn't affect the brightness in the other modes. 
So each I mean, month is customizable, which is really helpful. You know? yeah, uh, yeah, there's a lot of clever stuff going on uh, under the hood there. And that's a good tip with the, with the yellow, uh, for sure. Now, uh, some of the other modes that you have with the Iris Vision Live, you've got uh, the OCR, so you are able to read uh, printed text. And I have to say, it works surprisingly well, uh, better than you might expect. And you can do that both online or, or offline. As well, and you, you will see the words as they're being read aloud to you. So that's uh, that's really cool. And um, there is also a gallery where you can save pictures that you've taken with the Iris Vision, and uh, you can even stream video from YouTube as well. Um, so uh, pretty some pretty advanced stuff going on there. Yeah, it's it's terrific. Uh, the photo gallery is one of the most popular features, and you can uh, save you know thousands of pictures. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I do, being real tall and also uh, trying to read something that comes in the mail. Um, I just hold the uh, reading material up above my nose okay. and I take a picture of it. And then because of the virtual reality, you have a very large screen right in front of your eyes. And then um, you can just simply magnify that image and read looking straight ahead. I don't have to bend down and oh, I can yeah. sit on the couch and read and look, look forward. Uh, I can look vision forward and uh, <laughs> the jokes just keep on rolling. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's a, a good one. And I remember going um, to a, the Site City conference in Germany. And while I was there, you know, I went to several art galleries and took lots and lots of pictures. And then uh, on the way home, I just, uh, brought put on the iris vision i had about 200 pictures and was able to uh, enjoy the the pictures they when you take a picture with this device it's amazing because it gets larger than normal i would say it gets you know extra extra large and so if it's too big you can sort of pan your head left and right um, but it really brings it in very close and uh, that's that's a fun feature that everybody enjoys and we hope in the future that we'll be able to build this into our other products as we can share pictures with family members or family members yeah. share pictures with us or videos. Uh, so we're looking forward to building those kinds of systems. And Tom, I'm glad I'm glad that you had mentioned that you use the pictures to uh, to to read mail and things like that as well. Because in my experience, one of the things that is a little trickier with wearable devices, including Iris Vision Live, um, is the reading aspect. Um, if you're trying to do it in the live magnification mode, um, just on the basis that if you have the text in front of you and you're zooming in on the text and say you need a high level of magnification, and now you have to be able to keep your head very steady as you pan across those sentences from, from left to right. And uh, obviously at higher magnifications, it can, be, it, be, it can be difficult to keep your head steady enough to track those uh, sentences um, effectively. So um, I think having the ability to take a picture uh, where you can, where the panning is a little smoother than it would be in the live magnification as you're reading. And also that uh, OCR capability where the iris vision can read aloud to you. I think those definitely help with, uh, with that reading task. Uh, what's been your, your experience with, um, with reading with iris vision live? So, um, yeah, I would definitely say it, it's been helpful. Um, for, you know, it's almost like for every, uh, well, every device, but every mode, there's, <laughs> I call it a journey. There's a journey. And the journey, um, when I talk to um, potential customers with it, is your eyes and your brain 
are doing something that's never been done before. Mm. And so the movement of your eyes, the movement of your head, um, it's frustrating at first. In fact, I, I tell eye doctors, this might be the hardest thing I ever did was <laughs> learn how to read with a, you know, a, a new device. But I've noticed, you know, over the, uh, well, the first three or four weeks, um, I, I noticed some improvement. And what's nice about Iris Vision, we do give everybody a 30-day um, uh, ability to test it out for them so that they know that this is, at least they're in the ballpark and they're able to, to use the device. But the journey goes way beyond the first month. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, three months later, I was a little bit better. Six months later, I would say three or four times faster than I was wow. the, first, the first month, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that's the thing that people should um, use it, you know, every day, not skip a day and be able to uh, develop their little journey on each mode. And so you do have to have a little tenacity, I think, when you purchase any any uh, technology for low vision yeah because uh, you're you're asking your eyes and your brain to do something that's and if you're comparing in your mind of how i used to read to how right, i can right, read right. now yeah. then yeah. it can yeah. be very frustrating and you have to be patient and you have to be uh, just you know going forward so that's my that's my my talk about the journey every time <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I think, and I think that is important because, like you say, I mean, uh, your brain and, and your eyes do need to adjust. And I think, um, you know, having something on your head like that is really, you know, quite a novel experience. And so it's going to take time to really kind of adapt to that. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm glad that you mentioned there's a 30 day, you know, return period. And I do think that's always important for assistive technology because, uh, you know, you can you can try a device out. But until you start using it in your own home or, you know, doing the things that you want to do, you don't really know 100 percent whether it's going to be for you or not. So it's right. nice to have that uh, that return period. Um, for sure. And also, Tom, I did want to um, just talk a little bit about Iris Vision's support model because I happen to think it's, it's pretty good. So um, with the Iris Vision Live, there is um, the ability for support people from Iris Vision to wirelessly connect into uh, the device and then at that point they are able to see through the camera now obviously you have to give permission to you know somebody from iris vision to do that so it's not like they can just log in at any time um, but uh, with that um, with that capability that means that training can happen remotely and, and be very effective um, because the trainer is able to see through the device's camera and also i believe tom that the trainers that you have uh, are all visually impaired themselves they are iris vision users themselves um, and you know so they have uh, exactly the right kind of experience and i believe that the training is included uh, in the in the cost of the device um, is all of that uh, is all of that correct tom yes we do have um we call them our coaches that um you get um three uh coaching sessions like week one week two and week three when you purchase iris vision and as you mentioned i mean it's one thing to have to learn all the buttons and and we call it the swipe pad and also we have um, added what i think is is great is the voice control yes and yeah. learning how to use that but because our, our coaches have low vision they're going to be talking about their journey with the device and um, many people think of reading, watching television right away, sure. but they don't think of all the things that are open to them in the world with a mobile device like this. Mm. And so the, the coaches actually can talk about, we call it the user experience. 
and um, UX for short. And the user experience is really important. For instance, if a, a person was going to go to pick out a can of soup out of the cabinet, um, and they've learned that they can do that at Zoom level four, mm -hmm. uh, they can uh, then incorporate that into their everyday experience, open the cabinet, say Zoom four, and then, and then they know that's exactly what they need. And so it's quick and easy. Uh, television, I use Zoom 7. So I know when I sit down, I just tell the device Zoom 7. And we'll actually build um, some artificial intelligence into some of our products for the future so that the camera will actually, actually recognize your television set and know which way to go. Oh, wow. If you're looking at the microwave, it's going to know that you like Zoom 5. <laughs> so that's all coming in the future. But um, that's really important, I think, and it gives people a sense of, uh, wow, I'm connected to a community of, of users and people that I can call on. And then our, our technical support, we have quite a few people now in that department. We've opened it up to like 11 hours per day um, and also like five or six hours on Saturday. And um, that's helpful for troubleshooting, of course. We can usually log into somebody's headset and fix it in just a few minutes. Sure. Uh, but we can also ask them to um, disable a mode or enable a mode. Mm -hmm. um, and they can actually control some of those things uh, remotely. And so you don't have to get frustrated trying to do it yourself. Uh, so we, we do a lot of the, uh, that kind of thing. But you're right about the training. And uh, we're looking in the future to do what we call um, giving that capability to clinics and others mm -hmm. who are working with technology. Uh, we're going to call it tele-rehabilitation mm -hmm. so that um, Practitioners can sit at their desk and be able to log into um, a customer or client's um, headset and be able to help them with activities of daily living right through the device. And uh, we've, we've experimented with that a little bit. And now we're in a study with the VA hospital in, uh, that we're just beginning to have the VA do some tele-rehabilitation uh, and be able to help their vets and of course, during COVID, when vets couldn't come out, you know, that's a difficult time. But as we know, most of us don't drive a car anymore. Sure, sure. And if you live two hours away, um, it can be a, a lifesaver uh, for the person who owns the device and also uh, not having to travel and getting a family member involved. Yeah. yeah. And as you know, all the things that go into, go into that. So. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's all good stuff. And I, I am a fan of uh, Iris Vision Live. I, I've been a fan of uh, the Iris uh, Vision VR product uh, since it came out. Um, a lot of good experience with it, um, you know, working with clients. And it's one of those types of devices that oftentimes an individual puts on for the first time and their reaction is, wow, I can, I can see again, you know. Yeah. In fact, uh, I had one of those experiences literally just yesterday. So, um, you know, it's the type of thing as a professional, it's always nice to get uh, such a positive uh, reaction. And, you know, as long as um, you... Um, are you know are aware of the limitations because as with any device there are limitations and have a realistic idea of what the iris vision um, you know can do for you I think it can be a very powerful and uh, useful tool for sure um, we do have a question in the chat here though Tom which uh, is, is always the dangerous question the question is what is the cost <laughs> 
the cost for Iris Vision Live is $2,995. Okay, and that includes the uh, the training? Is that good? That includes the three coaching sessions, and yeah. uh, yeah, and it's a one-year warranty, and it's um, connect. you have the connection also to our support team, technical support team. Um, upgrades are, are, are free. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, that's the, the full price with the 30 days. Uh, if you do purchase it and we'll send it to you and get a, uh, an appointment for your first coaching session after mm -hmm. just right after it arrives, uh, once it arrives, you do have 30 full days. So I would urge people to take it with you, go try it in the car, try it at a, at a shopping center, or go to an art museum, um, go to a concert or a play, you know, really give it a test to see if it works for you in all these um, different situations. Yeah, and I think one of the big one of the big potential benefits of wearable devices in general is just the the, the range of things that they could be helpful for because they do obviously focus at all distances and they are portable. Um, so there really is, a, like you were saying earlier, a long list of things that they could be potentially useful for. And uh, so it's important just to try them out with a bunch of different things and see you know, where they work for you. Yeah, yeah. And we, we do, um, if you're giving your, your best and you're attending the coaching sessions and you still feel that you don't want to keep the devices okay with us then, and you can return it. Um, you don't have to pay a restocking or shipping fee. So nice, nice. That's, yeah, that, that's yeah. really good. Uh, we do have another question in the chat here, Tom, from Josh. Josh asks, um, "What happens when the phone, which is uh, you know basically the the most important part with the camera and the the screen and the the uh, processing in it, what happens when that part uh, is no is outdated or no longer supported?" Well, it, um, it can be used um, for, you know, years and years. Um, we've actually had some people who have had the device for four years who recently went to um, just a Samsung dealer and had a new battery put in. <laughs> that oh, was, cool. You know, that can be done for about $75. Okay. And um, so it doesn't become obsolete. Um, but eventually, you know, if there's new hardware, um, then, you know, we're going to, some generation, second generation or third generation, um, it'll still work, but it won't be like, you know, sort of like your Apple iPhone or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Eventually, you probably consider upgrade. upgrading. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And uh, Tom, when people upgrade, can they just uh, upgrade the phone part or do they have to buy a new, uh, a new device? How would that work? Yeah, so uh, in the future, we're going to talk today about a new generation also yes. that we're working on. Mm -hmm. um, that will be the way to go. We'd have to we'd be purchasing a new generation. Okay, I see. Yeah, okay. Um, the final question about this device, Tom, that I have before we move on to the iOS Vision Inspire, which is the, uh, the exciting new uh, device that we have to talk about today. But uh, just before that, Tom, my only problem with the iOS Vision Live historically has been that the controls are located on the right side. And so if you have you know, issues with uh, mobility in your right arm, for example, 
um, it can be difficult to manipulate the device. And I have had clients like that um, over, over the years. So I know, Tom, that uh, voice control is an option now. And historically, you've had to activate voice control either by holding a button on the right side or by double tapping on the, the touchpad on the right side. Are you able to do voice control without even touching the device at this point, or is that still not possible? It's, um, it's still not possible, yeah. Okay, okay. You have to reach up and double tap. D okay, yeah. Yeah. Your finger. yeah. And and if you have neuropathy in your fingers or whatever, it's sometimes not, that's a journey in itself. <laughs> yeah, right, but yeah. Trying to figure out. There's only two buttons and a swipe pad. Yes, but, yeah. you know, if you, if you have a neuropathy, let's say, um, yeah. And of course, if you had you know, like tremors, head tremors and things, it probably sure. would not be the product for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can't. You cannot walk with iris vision, although um, I, it comes with a lanyard so that when yes. I'm out, uh, it's around my neck. Mm -hmm. And then um, if I'm at Costco shopping or I want to read something, I can just pull it up to my eyes. And I can usually take a few steps, but I wouldn't consider walk actually sure. going for a walk with it. Yeah. yeah, definitely don't drive with it either. We always get that question. Can I, can I drive with this on? Well, probably not the best idea. Let me, uh, let me put it like that. Exactly. No, as you yeah. zoom in, as you know, your depth perception changes. Oh, yes. yes. That's another thing in my journey that I was, you know, reaching for things, you know, with a magnified screen and knocking mm -hmm. over my drink. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that actually gets better and better and better. Sure. And now I can reach over and pick up a small pill or whatever, yeah. even when yeah. it's magnified. So yeah. that's Which I think uh, means that then at that point, you're able to do tasks using your hands, even when you're zoomed in, uh, which just yeah. adds extra functionality there. Yeah. Uh, we do have a number of questions here, Tom, actually, about the Iris Vision Live that I want to uh, just answer. So. Uh, we have a question from Sheila asking whether people who work in the field as HVAC contractors uh, or as retail retailers, whether this might be of assistance. And, and Sheila, I mean, I would say potentially yes. Um, it's one of those things that would really need to be tried, um, you know, because it, it's going to depend on the individual, their level of vision loss and the specific tasks that they need to do. Um, but, you know, potentially wearables can be useful for any visual task. Um, so, Tom, have you ever had any HVAC uh, people in the past using the Iris Vision that you're aware of? I can't think of an HVAC person, but, okay. um, you know, I think of these situations where, uh, like, if you're looking inside a furnace or something, you got to see wiring or whatever. Yeah. It yeah. does have an external flashlight. And you can yeah. Just, yeah. just say flashlight on. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, if you if it's 18 inches away, you know, you can still zoom in and it'll focus in a in a dark environment. Also, you did a nice video, Luke, about our product in a dark room, and um, it was definitely the best one on the market. So yeah, it works very well in low light uh, conditions for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, really enhances the brightness of the room. So yeah, it, yeah. Which reminds me of our RP mode because those with RP or field restrictions. We do have a special mode for that, which takes that whole 70 degree image and it pushes it out virtually yeah. into the area where someone's vision still remains. And then you can slowly magnify there. You can also, you know, turn up the brightness and be in a dark room and be able to see pretty well. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's cool because normally these devices really work the best for people with central vision loss. Um, you know, and in particular devices like Iris Vision, where you've got that really nice wide field of view and large screen. Uh, but having the RP mode just really adds another dimension for those people uh, who have a peripheral loss instead, for sure. 
Um, let's uh, answer this question. We have a question from Blanca who says, uh, hello, this is the uh, first time here. Welcome, Blanca. Um, Blanca says, uh, my father lost his central vision and my daughter has RP, which actually we were just talking about there. Um, right. So um, uh, Blanca asks where they can get the device from and also if there's a payment plan um, available. So uh, one thing, Blanca, you can get the device um, from agencies such, such as ourselves, Vision Forward in Milwaukee. And if you are in the Milwaukee area, I would highly recommend coming and, and uh, getting a demonstration for sure. Uh, we could try it out and see uh, you know, how it works beforehand. But, uh, but otherwise, you are able to get the device either from ourselves or directly from Iris Vision um, uh, online as well. And there is a 30-day return period, so that would give a, a chance to, to try it out there. And Tom, uh, how about a payment plan? Is that something that you guys uh, offer? Yes, I believe um, there is a uh, payment plan that uh, is some, uh, I should know this, <laughs> I don't know the exact, <laughs> it's about $600 down, I believe, and okay. then a certain um, payment per month for two yeah. years. Okay, yeah. got yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, good to know. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But what no, uh, you know, with RP, of course, even with, you know, 30 degrees or 20 degrees of central vision remaining, we've had a lot of good feedback yeah, you know, good. from persons that that yeah you know one of the great irony about uh, iris vision and other uh, other uh, vr styled wearables is that although you can't walk with them while while wearing them right they right. actually work really well outside because they block all of the ambient light so even on a super bright day the screens are you know are nice and clear just as they would be you know any other time um, so I always find it quite funny that a device which theoretically you can't walk with works really well outside, whereas some of the open designs that are designed to be worn while walking actually don't work as well outside because you get the glare on the screens. That's, so. for, that's for sure. And yeah. with my uh, Stargardt disease, you know, I'm very light sensitive. Sure. And sure. so in so many situations facing the sun, um, I can't really see anything. It's all washed out. And I can actually wear this in the sunlight I went to a classic car show nice. and uh, I saw my first car. I was all excited and I was uh, looking in the window to see the dashboard and I took a picture of the dashboard and here I am standing directly. The sun is right in my face. Okay. And uh, I enlarged it in front of my eyes as nice. I was telling you, and I could read the odometer on the oh, wow. that's, that's really <laughs> how cool. many miles it had on it. So yeah, yeah uh, outdoor uh, events are, really great that uh, that that reminds me of a, a little electric car that we drove around at the chicago lighthouse tom <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we have a, we, a fun video about that somewhere yeah it's on youtube i think yeah yes, it is yes it is yeah um okay well tom uh we've talked a lot about iris vision live and uh we've spent a lot of time on it but uh, we do want to get over to the iris vision inspire here because this is the uh, the new device so that the live has been out for a little bit of time and um you know it's it's, uh, it's really good as we've been discussing uh, but now Iris Vision have this brand new device, which is called Iris Vision Inspire. And uh, some of the philosophy behind this device has been trying to create a wearable which looks a little bit more like a pair of sunglasses and also which uh, is, is lighter weight and more comfortable to wear, but still has the functionality that an individual would need um, you know, to, to see things. So, uh, Tom, I saw you just uh, were, were showing off the, the device there. Let's uh, <laughs> go ahead and... Um, 
put those on. So definitely more sunglasses looking than the Iris Vision Live for sure. And uh, you know, I, I've worn them myself, and uh, they are super lightweight. Um, so definitely one of the most comfortable uh, wearable devices uh, on the market there. Tom, why don't you tell us a little bit about how Iris Vision Inspire came about and uh, what it, what it's all about? So. Um you know, our, um, our team that developed all the software and the platforms for Iris Vision Live, um, you know, received lots of good feedback. And of course, a lot of the feedback was that it was large and a little bit bulky. You yeah, know, we yeah. knew that right from the start, but mm -hmm. we were saving lots of funds because we were using our consumer product. So to build our own system uh, together with help from Samsung, which we are a business partner, um, to develop a, a smaller lightweight device and uh this uh is so comparing the iris vision live which is about 1.1 pounds mm -hmm. this device is 0.38 so i oh, just wow. think it's like one third of the weight of the device and of course when you're out in uh you have an interest in taking it with you everywhere you go this is going to be easier uh, to do uh, also, because it slides on your face, just like a pair of sunglasses, it slides on and off easily. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you don't have head straps and things like that to make, you know, so that makes it more uh, more functional. Um, it is tethered to the uh, new Samsung S21 phone. Okay. And so there is a tether in the tether. So the camera is actually right in the middle between your two eyes, right in the front. And that's sending the signal down the tethered cord to the processor in the in the S21 phone, and then the uh, images, you know, zooming and brightness, and uh, you know the contrast. Uh, also, can this is all done by voice? Also, if you if you'd like, um, be able to uh, then send the signal back into the LCD screens on the inside of the of the glasses mm -hmm. so it's a new format um, one of the great things about having the phone separate from not having it on your head now we have the the capability of opening up the whole world and using this phone in other ways that have not been thought of before with for people with low vision so the roadmap is quite extensive over the next two years of building slowly uh, as i mentioned two three times four times a year uh, upgrades and we had to you know it's the same software team although they're uh, they've expanded quite a bit and now they have ideas for the future that uh, can really uh, use it in this format where the phone is not connected it comes with all kinds of accessories um also the uh the there is an eye guard um which is uh a magnetically connected to the inside of the glasses so that if you are outdoors you can take advantage of that same idea yeah. of putting that eye guard on and mm -hmm. blocking all the, the sunlight but i have what i enjoy about it is there's kind of a freedom to it where i can look down and i can grab my uh my coffee cup over here i can see things around me mm -hmm. so unlike the iris vision live where you're inside of the headset this one feels more like, you know, regular uh, glasses. Um, I actually wear, I have my baseball cap here. And so if I'm going to go out on the weekend or shopping or whatever, I usually wear a baseball cap anyway, because it blocks a lot of the glare and the sun. Sure, sure. 
So I just slide my um, Inspire glasses right on top of my head. Nice, nice. <laughs> and then I place the, the phone right in my shirt pocket, right in the top. It has a nice little connector, magnetic connector, uh, right at the end, at the bottom of this headset. So if you have low vision and you uh, have difficulty plugging things in, you just place it really close to it and it grabs it and holds on nice and tight. So yeah. that's an accessory. There is a lanyard also for the phone so that if you want to wear it in front of you, um, you can do that. Uh, there's other accessories where you can um, have a head strap that will go on the back of these temple pieces. Hmm. So if you're outside gardening and your head is down all the time, you can have a strap that's adjustable that will keep it closer and keep it from falling, sliding on your head. Let me just uh, pick up uh, on a couple of things here, Tom. So first of all, we are tethered to this phone. And, but I don't want people to be scared because the word smartphone can uh, send terror down uh, the spines of, of some people. Um, so the phone, I mean, we're really not thinking of it as a phone because you're not interacting with it as a phone. Basically, if the phone is connected to the glasses, you turn on the phone using a, a button on the side, and that's all you need to do. There's nothing else uh, you would put on the glasses and um, you, know, you will be able to see. Um, so, so it's you know it's not something to be to be put off by. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the the other comments about the size and the weight was the simplicity, and um, we definitely made this more simple. Cool. So I'm holding this set like this. Uh, underneath the left eye, there's two um, uh, buttons. Button mm -hmm. we just call it button one and two, and under my right thumb here is button three and four. And these buttons are very easy to feel. So if you do have neuropathy in your fingers or whatever, you can operate these really easily. So for instance, I can go to button number one to change the modes. And we have scene and television and reading right now mm -hmm. are the first three that we've built. And of course that uh, we're at 1.0, we'll soon be launching 1.1 and 1.2 in the next several weeks actually already. Awesome. But then um, to zoom level, I can use button number three to go down and button number four to go up. So it couldn't be any simpler. Um, also, the same way to do the brightness and the contrast. And um, button number two, if you double tap it, um, you can just say uh, the voice command, zoom level four or zoom level 10. And uh, make, that makes it easy. Um, you can also manually bring up with button number two just a menu and then three and four goes up and down the menu and you can select manually any settings that you want. Um, yeah, I have to say, Tom, uh, when, I, when I tried it out here, Tom, I found it very intuitive to use. It wasn't uh, very long before. And I'm, I'm the type of person who just loves pressing all the buttons to see what they do anyway. Um, but uh, it wasn't long before uh, I got to grips with, with the operation. So yeah, I, I definitely think in terms of uh, ease of use, it's, uh, it, yeah. it's pretty good up there. Underneath each eye screen, there's a separate screen for each eye. It's not all one. Okay. Uh, there is a, a focus lever that slides to the with your thumb to the left or to the right, mm -hmm. and so you would take your prescription glasses off, and you would um, you know cover one eye or close one eye, and then uh, focus the left eye, and then of course focus the right eye. Once yeah. once those levers are in focus, you don't have to touch. Touch those again. It's and you said uh, it can it can adjust for up to about eight diopters. I think you told me in the past. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. yeah. zero to plus eight. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Let me. Uh, we got a few questions in the chat here, Tom. So I just want to hit some of these. First of all, from Douglas, Irish vision 
Inspire is a new model. Now, Douglas, I do want to make clear here, because we do have this problem of <laughs> quite a lot. Um, it's not the Irish vision, as in vision made by the Irish people. It is the Iris vision, as in the Iris of the I, I-R-I-S. Um, but yeah, Irish vision, I, I do get that a lot. So uh, <laughs> let's just be clear with that there. Uh, from Jesse, we have a question. Is the field of view, and this is a good question, Jesse, is the field of view similar or wider than the original Iris vision? And uh, also, is there a possibility in the future or at the present of wireless tethering? So there wouldn't be any cords. And also, Jesse asks if uh, Iris vision might be looking for testers. Um, Jesse uh, is interested in, in checking it out. So. Wow, that, that'd be terrific out there to have. Maybe we can correspond about that. Uh, question to see if the company uh, is at the point where we're you know doing some testing I'm not sure about that okay I think uh, I think Jesse works for the VA but I could be completely off base on that but uh, Jesse let, let us know in the chat uh, if that is the case okay okay so um, the field of view like at 1x when you first put it on is for me was and I measured it is almost exactly the same so you get that 70 75 degree field of view um, now, when you put the eye guard on, it uh, it does restrict that about uh, 15 or 20 percent. So um, you lose a tiny bit of field with that, but you get the, you get the full coverage all the way, the top and the sides and the bottom. So there's no light coming in, which is which is of course a big help. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. How about the possibility of wireless tethering, Tom? Is that anything which is in the roadmap, or is, do you not think that would be possible? I, right at this time, that technology really is not uh, possible or available uh, to my knowledge. And I know it'd, it'd be the dream of all of us <laughs> someday to be able to slide those on. And in fact, I remember as a young man going to some of the blind conferences and we'd sit there at lunch and be able to dream about the day when we had a device that would look like a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, right, right, right. We could wave to each other across the room. And, <laughs> and uh, just to imagine my feelings, you know, after 50 years of being legally blind, what it's been like for me to be somewhat a part of building this new product. It's, yeah, yeah. It's just, sure. been, it's just been amazing to me. Uh, so we're, we are getting closer. And uh, as I mentioned, with the phone off of the headset, um, as you mentioned, Luke, that um, it could be confusing to people, but the capability of perhaps very soon actually using it as also your phone, where you could actually hit button number three and four okay. and, ask, and ask to call Luke and the device will actually help. And that's a question that we had here in the chat from me. So whether you uh, have the option to use the phone as your personal phone. So Tom, at the moment, if you if you didn't have the headset plugged in, could you use that as your as a phone, or is it uh, is that option locked out at the moment? I know that's coming soon in either 1.1 or 1.2. Okay. And of cool. course, those upgrades are free um, if you yes, have the, yeah. the current device at 1.0. So yes, um, yes, you know, yes. That um, and many other ideas that we are building in the system. Excellent. Uh, we have a uh, Jesse follows up here saying, I work for Minnesota State Services for the Blind. Apologies, Jesse, for, uh, for getting that wrong there. But uh, Jesse says that, um, that uh, you have met before, Tom. Yes, Jesse and Anderson. Right? Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. Jesse yeah. is a big fan of the Iris Vision <laughs> and uh, finds that the field of view is much better than with uh, other, other devices such as the, the Geordie. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. And then uh, we have a question here from Diane. 
And again, always with the big questions, uh, what is the cost of the Inspireton? Okay, get ready. This one is 3995 Okay, so a little, a little more expensive there. Yes. Uh, uh -huh. But also, I mean, the, this one has been built from the ground up, whereas the Iris Vision Live is using off-the-shelf consumer technology. So yeah. uh, I think that, uh, that, uh, that makes sense. And the important thing to remember with, um, I think, with the, the Inspire is that, um, like you say, there is this very, um, very robust uh, path uh, where you know there's going to be more and more features added, and uh, all the users are going to get those uh, those features for free as they as they come well, out. So we, we actually um, have developed a, uh, I think three different type of pl payment plans. So um, if you want to split it into 12 months or or 24 months or oh, even wow. beyond, um, that's part of what we're building for this because we know it's a little bit expensive uh, for sure, mm -hmm. and. Uh, the actual uh, cellular data uh, is actually we're purchasing that with the device and that that lasts for two years mm -hmm. so if the phone is operable it'll actually include uh, unlimited talk and text for two oh, years oh wow that's yeah. awesome yeah, yeah. So. and Tom, I, I think we both remember when uh, eSight brought their uh, kind of original model uh, to uh, to Chicago, and uh, at the time that was fifteen grand. So uh, you know, at least uh, at least we're not still up in in those lofty areas. Uh, definitely, things That's are right. getting more That's affordable. Right. Yeah, 4,000 isn't cheap, but it's a lot cheaper than fifteen thousand. So uh, that's that's something at least. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think if we, if I have any more questions for you, Tom. Uh, I feel like we've thoroughly covered the iOS Vision Live and the Inspire. Tom, um, if people want to try out the Inspire, do you have the same 30-day return period? Yes, we do. Uh -huh. Okay. You can uh, go ahead and call the phone number is uh, uh, 855 is a 6665 uh, Okay, I put that in the chat for people as well. So uh, irisvision.com. I'll put that in the chat. Is a good too. one to look up. And also if you're on YouTube, um, just type in Iris Vision, not Irish Vision. <laughs> <laughs> I have what I call Polish vision, but uh, you can see lots of uh, testimonies. Uh, you can see Luke on there testing it out. You can see um, myself on there. Um, Iris Vision has uh, won quite a few awards uh, over these last several years also. So you'll see our um, CEO and, and some of the uh, things that Samsung was very interested in. Um, uh, their chief medical officer, Dr. David Drew, uh, did a, a nice uh, video about therapeutic VR, you know, and how virtual reality is being used in many uh, forms in medicine, mm -hmm. and he talks a lot about iris vision whenever he's out giving speeches around the world. So very nice. Very you'll nice. see you'll see some of those on YouTube. I'd like to say as well with the Inspire, although it uh, it has that corrective capability of up to eight diopters. Um, for myself, because I have quite high astigmatism, I actually, uh, you know, kept on wearing my glasses. And even though that might not be the uh, the official stance, you know, uh, wearing the Iris Vision Inspire over your glasses isn't something that uh, you know you would necessarily recommend. I actually found it completely fine to do that. Found it uh, perfectly comfortable. And I used the uh, the head strap to uh, go around the back just to keep the Iris Vision Inspire nice and snug against my uh, my glasses there. So uh, if you're in the same situation as me, then uh, that is definitely an option as well. 
Right, right. And we are looking into that these eye, uh, these eye screens are round and they look like they could be um, like a plastic cap that would always slide over like a lens cap on a camera. And that with a cap like that, you could occlude maybe one eye if you want to, or maybe the feature will have, um, you know, those with high astigmatism to actually be able to slide that your prescription uh, right onto the back of the lenses. For most people, they won't. That won't be necessary. Actually. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm afraid that we're out of time. I would love to keep on chatting with you, Tom, because it's always a pleasure. But uh, unfortunately, I have uh, some clients to go and work with. Um, but uh, Misa says, uh, great talk and asked me to say hello to you, Tom. So hello oh, from, uh, from Misa over there in California now. <laughs> and um, uh, Trisha. Uh, Trisha also says hello as well, Patricia Grant. So uh, there we go. Some old, uh, some old lighthouse colleagues coming out of the woodwork there. But thanks to everybody for joining us as usual. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, this chat. Um, I think Tom has been uh, a great uh, speaker. So thank you, Tom, for for coming on. And. Um, yeah, um, we hope you'll join us in two weeks' time when we will be actually joined by somebody who uh, is knowledgeable about accessible gaming. And uh, that's a topic that we haven't really covered before. So we're going to find out about some iPhone and iPod, uh, iPod? iPhone and uh, iPad uh, accessible games for people with vision impairments, as well as actually talking about some PC and console games that are accessible. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be two weeks' time, same place, same time, 11 a.m. Central. So please do join us. Uh, thanks very much for, um, for being here. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Actually, just before we go, don't forget to look at our YouTube channel. Um, for informative videos and other such content. It's youtube.com forward slash InFocus Technology. And with that, I am out. Goodbye, and see you in two weeks. Thanks, Tom. <laughs>